You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. So we have Susanna Walk, who is a tour director on the second national tour of Waitress, and she's also assistant directed on multiple Broadway shows. Hi, Susanna. Hi, Mason. How's it going? Good. How are you? I am good. I am good. I'm here in upstate New York. Would you like to talk about how you got to where you are? Sure. Um, So I have done theater pretty much for all my life. Um, It was definitely kind of the thing growing up that sort of allowed me to find my community and learn to express myself and engage with the world. And um, I think like many other people in the theater industry, my first experiences in the theater were as an actor. And um, that was sort of what I did all throughout my childhood and middle school, high school. And uh, I directed one play when I was in high school, which was kind of an amazing experience. And I was like, okay, well, that's cool, but I'm going to go to college and keep acting. And um when I was at school, I was at Harvard and they had an amazing theater community there, which I was something that I just did not expect at all. In fact, I was very worried that there wasn't gonna be really an art scene. Um, and quite to the contrary, they, they had so many opportunities for students to um, produce their own work, to direct their own work. To, it, it was sort of like a whole student run community. And what was awesome was that it was taking place um, sort of side by side with the American Repertory Theater, which is an incredible regional theater where Waitress actually got started, um, and which is a part of Harvard. So they had a lot of opportunities for students to get involved there as interns and assistants. And so I started kind of spending all my time at the ART um, and not going to as many classes as I should have because I was too busy working on plays. And um, and I sort of, I guess my sophomore year of college, I, I tried directing again and I realized that, um, that I had so many interests within the theater and being a director allowed me to focus on kind of the big picture and fuse all of those interests as opposed to 
being an actor where I was just focused on my my own little corner of the story. Um, I thought it was really exciting how when you're a director, you're looking, you're working with designers, you're working with a whole company of actors, you're working with a stage management team to do scheduling, um, and kind of being able to manage all those elements um, was what really connected with me and, and what felt right. So I sort of pursued that a lot more in college. Um, and when I graduated, the ART was doing um, the show Finding Neverland there. And so kind of right after I graduated, I was very lucky that I got to um, start working on that show. And so that was the summer after I graduated college. And that show then transferred to Broadway. So I got to be a part of that, um, which was really exciting. Uh, and then meanwhile, uh, so I've done a good amount of sort of assistant directing on Broadway and associate directing. Um, and then I also do my own work as well, kind of more in a off-off-Broadway situation. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm sort of, uh, I guess, um, with regards to Waitress, I had assisted the director on the uh, original Broadway production. And, um, and I was also the assistant director for the first tour. So that meant that I was involved kind of from day one of both those productions. Um, uh, and you know, when you have a long running Broadway show or Broadway tour, there's a lot of checking in and maintenance that often falls on the assistant and associate teams. So, um, because I had such intimate knowledge of the show from those experiences, I was able to kind of take on the tour director position for the second national tour. Um, what is a tour director's job? That is a great question. Um, so basically, I am the director of the tour. So it's essentially the tour director's job to take the original vision of the Broadway production in this case and then restage it for a brand new touring production. So actually, the director of, um, of the Broadway show is sort of sort of takes a backseat and, and isn't really involved in so much in this tour. Um, so it's my job to make sure that her vision is translated to a new company. So this starts out, I guess, with um, with casting. So I work with um, the casting director. In the case of Waitress, it's um, a wonderful company called Stuart Whitley. And I work with the music and choreography teams and together we sort of cast the show. So this includes, um, you know, auditions, dance calls. You know, we hear everyone sing, hear everyone act. We're looking at understudied coverage as well as the principles um, and kind of through the audition process we'll make our choices and then those get approved up the chain of um, everyone who's important to the waitress world so producers writers etc and then um, before we start rehearsals we do um, a good amount of pre-production so that means I work with the choreography team, the design team, production management, to sort of determine what adjustments are going to be made for, made scenically for the show, which, um, you know, when you take a show from a Broadway theater where they're, you know, kind of permanently there to a show, especially for, you know, sometimes we're doing one-nighters on the road where you have to get in and out really, really quickly. And, you, you know, all the set has to fit into a certain number of trucks that requires some adaptation. So um, for Waitress, we did a lot of pre-production, kind of figure out what changes we needed to make to the set and then how that would affect the staging and the choreography. Um, so that was a big part of my job. And then and then we start rehearsal. So um, 
in rehearsal, uh, you know, I work with the choreography team and the music team <laughs> to um, get the show up on its feet. So I'm, uh, you know, we're there, we have, all of us have, you know, immense records of what the show should look like, how it should feel, what the choreography is, the music. And so we're sort of teaching it to this new company that has not really experienced it before. Um, and then we go and tech the show. So that's when we add in all the technical elements. We're in a theater for the first time. And um, yeah, and then the show opens and I run away and I get to check in on it from time to time, <laughs> which is always really exciting. How stressful is pre-production? <laughs> well, it's um, it, it's very interesting time because, you know, it's always... Um, everything is sort of happening in in your head and so it's hard when you don't have actors and the real stuff in front of you and I guess for this show um for Waitress we had to make a lot of changes for the this tour to to the design um because I guess if you saw the show on Broadway or even on the first national tour a lot of the set was automated and for a whole host of reasons um, we kind of couldn't do that automation again for this tour so we had to sort of reconceive a lot of things and that was really um, hard not knowing how certain set pieces that we were imagining were going to actually look in space and time um, and yeah I don't know if it was necessarily particularly stressful uh, but it's definitely you know time to kind of learn a lot about <laughs> like what you want to do and, and get planning. So I did a lot of planning, I guess. <laughs> I put the stress on myself. <laughs> um, what's the hardest part of your job during rehearsals? During rehearsals? Um, a couple things. I would say the hardest part kind of globally is making sure that um, it, it's taking something that's already been created and making it feel organic for a new company of artists who all have their own unique talents and eccentricities and, um, you know, things that make them special and human and skills and, uh, you know, you, you, people are coming to see the show Waitress and it has, you know, they, there's a certain expectation about what it should look like and be and you know they want to see the Broadway show and so we have to deliver on that element but also it has to still feel like it's human and organic and coming from the real people who are are putting it up so um you know it's important it's hard to say okay well it has to be this way but I want it to be your version of that uh, and find you know knowing where to take liberties and where to sort of rein it in um can be sort of challenging um so I, yeah, I would say that's probably the hardest part is working with every like cast member and designer, crew member to kind of find their authentic way into the story. And then kind of on a more nitty gritty level, I would say time management can be um, really challenging in rehearsals, but also like really fun when it works out. Uh, just because um, for, for Waitress, we only had about like less than three weeks to get the whole show up on its feet before we started tech. And, you know, it's kind of a big show. There's a lot of people in it, a lot of choreography, a lot of the, the music is constant. And so um, I spent a lot of time scheduling. <laughs> and, um, you know, may, we'll usually have two or three rehearsal rooms going at the same time. And I work with the stage manager to make sure that those rehearsal rooms are being used at, you know, eight hours a day. So, because um, that's the only way that we can get the show up in... Um, 
in the amount of time that, that we were given to do so. So uh, just making sure everyone's time is being used really efficiently is a challenge. Um, and yeah, and as I mentioned, the adaptations that we had to make to the set are also a hard thing to do when you're in a rehearsal room and you don't necessarily have all the exact set pieces. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. So, when you get new people playing these roles, they're obviously going to bring different things. So, how do you say no to cast members? Um, that's a good question. I think, well, I think I always try to say yes first. Um, like, I think a big part of my job is to sort of encourage everyone's impulses and then synthesize it and filter it through, um, you know, my lens as the director. And I think that's true in any rehearsal process that, like, when, you know, the you want people to feel comfortable coming to you with ideas and suggestions and experiments because I think that's what's going to make the the richest kind of fabric and piece um, in the end. So I guess, um, I guess I always try to say yes for it. Like, let's try it. Let's see what happens because you never know what's going to happen. It could be something completely delightful that um, you never expected. And then I guess if, there's an idea that I feel like is really the wrong, the wrong thing. You know, yeah, I guess first I'll try and say yes and see what happens. If it's good, great. Like that's a whole new thing that we just discovered. Um, and then maybe if there's some sort of compromise that needs to be made, I'll try and work on a compromise where I can meet them halfway. They can meet me halfway. And if it's a real, um, you know, if it's something that's completely wrong, I think the most important thing is that you treat everyone with kindness and respect and you, thank them for, for bringing the idea and you allow them to um, try it first and we can, you know, have a frank discussion about why it works or why it doesn't work. So if you picture a show before rehearsals, how accurate is the final product? Oh, man. Um, so, I, well, for something like Waitress, I have a very elaborate um, blocking Bible that is like filled with charts and pictures and it has the script and every little move that anyone makes on stage I've got it like documented and like what number they're supposed to stand on and and stuff like that and like I do you know try and stick to that because that is what the show is but uh so I I do think that's pretty accurate in terms of like doing a touring production I think in terms of doing um other types of directorial work um I do think preparation is super important and kind of having a really clear vision of what you're going for but then coming into the room with your collaborators and being able to say okay let's try or, oh you had that great impulse let's follow that in another direction I think um you know being able being really really prepared in fact allows you to be sort of freer and um more open in the room which I think leads to the most interesting art <laughs> So what happens when the tour goes on the road? What do you do? Ah, it's both a very exciting and very sad moment for me as the director. <laughs> because uh, typically after the opening, the director goes away. And so it definitely feels a bit like I'm dropping my children off at college and, um, and wondering how they're doing. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, you sort of hand off the leadership to the production stage manager. Um, and she's kind of the person on the ground who's in charge of running the show. And so I stay very in very close communication with her regarding any issues that are coming up, any, you know, understudies that are going in or, you know, we, we keep in very close contact and she actually writes a report every day after the show about how the show went and what happened. And, you know, so I, you know, every day I'm like sitting on my com computer waiting to get my show report, um, see how the show went. And then, um, and then we'll usually, usually the creative team will come and check in on the show uh, once a month or so, once every two months, just just kind of see how things are going, uh, especially on the road. It's just such an exhausting and grueling schedule sometimes that, uh, you know, performances can evolve and change. And sometimes they get even deeper and even better than they were. And sometimes things get a little messy and you got to sort of rein it back in. Um, so we like to check in, you know, I like to check in like once a month or so, um, to see how things are going. So when I interviewed Gabriella Marzetta, she mentioned getting fined for like mistakes that halt the show or something. So who decides to make that decision? That would be, um, the responsibility of stage management. Um, that's like a pretty unique situation that someone would get fined, um, but definitely like the stage managers are there to watch the show and make sure everything is kind of staying, staying in order. And then they'll, you know, give me a call if things are not. <laughs> Do you think education or experience would be the best if people wanted to get where you are? Um, I think both are really, really important. Uh, I think though education, you cannot, um, overvalue the importance of education. I think it's absolutely essential um, for anyone just to be a good citizen of the world. And um, I think especially um, in the arts, it's important that we educate ourselves around a lot of different things and not just how to be a theater maker, but, you know, when you educate yourself about the world, you then have a lot more uh, a lot more of a toolkit that you can bring to your artwork and a lot of a lot more things that you can make art about. So um, I just, yeah, I really encourage everyone to try and, you know, seek out education and, um, uh, and, and not just about theater, but about um, everything. <laughs> so my last question is, what are you doing during quarantine? Ah, well, I have been... I've actually been baking quite a lot. Um, I normally don't cook or bake ever in New York. Like I, I rarely cook for myself and I've had so much time up here that I'm like, let me see what this is like. And turns out baking is really fun. Um, who knew I could work on a sh whole show about baking and I had no idea. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've been baking a lot. I've been reading a lot. Um, I've been trying to read all of Toni Morrison's books. So I have started like at the beginning of her canon and I'm sort of working my way through all of her books, which are absolutely, absolutely just treasures and each one is incredible in its own way. Um, I've been teaching a yoga class. <laughs> I've, been I've been working on a play that um, me and a playwright are developing. That's kind of been my main project that I've had going on. So we've been kind of, we meet over Zoom um, almost every day to kind of work on rewrites and uh, just develop this piece, which has been 
definitely good to have a sort of creative outlook. And then I think, you know, like many people in our country, I was trying to educate myself around racial justice and support the um, protests from from afar. Uh, so yeah, that's been my quarantine experience. <laughs> it's amazing what baking can do. It's true. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. It's so nice to talk to you. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Susanna Walk. Thank you so much for being here. See you next week. Roll the outro. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.